0: Welcome back to Fiction Fixation. Each week we get together and we recap a different book or movie.
1: We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. This week we are going to be talking about the 2001 movie, The Wedding Planner, starring Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey.
0: My God, girl, these early 2000 movies, they hit different when you watch them in your 30s. So I remember watching this movie when I was younger, you know, so I was
1: like 11, 12 years old watching this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so
0: romantic.
1: Yeah. And as an adult, I'm watching it and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys?
0: It was, you know what, though? So this movie came out like early 2001. I think so. Yeah. So, like, this was a different world, dude. This was pre 9-11. Like, we were a different people.
1: We were different people pre-9-11, but a lot of these things, I'm still like, what? (laughs) And listen, I normally simp over red
0: flags. I fucking love them. Not these red flags. Mm -mm. I found a line. (laughs) You found the line. You found your red flag safe word, and it's Matthew McConaughey.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's all right.
0: (laughs) This movie stars Jennifer Lopez and... I, first of all, I love her in rom-coms. She has this, mm-hmm. like, sweetness to her. And, like, right now, in 2022, she's getting kind of, like... I feel like people are hating on her a lot. Just let her live her life. Like, I don't get it. Just let her... Just leave her alone. Just leave Jenny alone. Well, as a Hispanic girl, you know, I... I don't know. I really looked up to her. You know, for me, it was like seeing this Latina coming up in, like, pop music, like, it was a big deal for me, like, having her as a role model. And she was sweet. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say wholesome, but she kind of was, like, wholesome compared to a lot of other people.
1: I mean, the role models that, you know, Hispanic young girls had were pretty limited, you know, Like, I had so many, like, white role models to be like, yes, (laughs) nice, satisfactory. Um, And you guys had, like, a handful. So, you know, seeing her starring in rom-coms like this, it was probably really good for, like, young Hispanic girls to be like, oh, look, like, it's not a blonde
0: white chick. So in this movie, Jennifer Lopez plays an Italian girl named Mary And uh, Mm -hmm. Mary is a wedding planner. She is
1: one of the best wedding planners. She is like a wedding planning ninja. Yeah. (laughs) She has a little like vest that she wears under her pantsuit jacket. And it has, it's like a first aid kit, but for wedding stuff. There's like sedatives, Tums, everything you can possibly think you need on a wedding day. She has it strapped to her stomach.
0: Yeah. And and so we kind of see her in action in the very opening scene. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she's the planner for a wedding that's happening. And the bride is having a meltdown. The bride is kind of thinking, like, I can't do this.
1: Mary gives her a very, you know, sweet speech, you know, a pep talk. You know, you are amazing. You are exquisite. When your husband sees you today, he's going to think to himself, wow, I'm marrying the most beautiful girl in the world. You know, like all what every bride needs to hear if they're like starting to get nervous about the wedding.
0: You know, this really made me think, okay, it made me think two things. Number one, God, what a stressful job this is. Mm-hmm. The second thing it made me think was like, if someone is having cold feet, how do you know the difference between you're just freaking out because you're nervous versus your intuition is telling you to run in the other direction?
1: I think it's probably just
0: experience or practice. You you know, you got to marry a bunch of people so you know.
1: No, like you (laughs) have to, you have to, like, I think her as a wedding planner probably knows the difference. So yeah, Mary
0: is an epic wedding planner, but then like her personal life is so different from what people would imagine, you know, because remember, this is Jennifer Lopez, like And I want to say Jennifer Lopez in her prime, but honestly, Jennifer Lopez is she stays in her prime like she's still in her prime. She looks
1: the exact same now.
0: (laughs) Like two decades later, she is still in her prime. But um, Mary goes home to like this little apartment to have this like prepackaged dinner all by herself. People think that she lives this glamorous romantic life and she's actually
1: she's not married. She's not even dating anybody, which sort of. Makes her dad sad. So as any good father would do, he has set up an arranged marriage for her.
0: Like instead of just saying, hey, I know this really sweet guy I want you to meet. He's like, hey, I found you a husband.
1: He's like, I found a man who has
0: agreed to marry you. (laughs) I found a man who has agreed to marry you. As though it is so hard to find a man who would marry Jennifer Lopez. Like, let me tell you, she found multiple men to marry her. Like, she's fine. One of
1: them twice, you know, like
0: (laughs) twice. Wait, which one? Oh, yeah. You're
1: so right. Ben Affleck. I almost forgot. (laughs) Ben Affleck just ran out of
0: Jennifer's. (laughs) He ran through all the Jennifer's. He had to start back over.
1: Um, (laughs) Anyways,
0: her dad, you know, lives in like, I don't know, I guess it's like a retirement home type
1: thing. I think yeah, it's not like a nursing home, but it's like a um, like an, a, an apartment community for retirees. They're playing Scrabble. Um, she does Scrabble on the weekends. It's like a Scrabble team, and her dad's like, "I found a man who has agreed to marry you," and she's like, "What?"
0: He's like, "Yeah, you remember Massimo? You used to play with him in Italy," and she's like, "The kid who ate mud." So Massimo. Uh- is this boy that she kind of grew up with when she lived in Italy. And uh, he comes out and Sirs, Mams and Sirs, this actor is, uh, if you're a fan of Grey's Anatomy, he plays Alex Karev in Grey's Anatomy.
1: He does. And it it shook me for a minute because I'm like, What?
0: He's unrecognizable in this role because in Grey's Anatomy, he's like an asshole. And Massimo is just, he, I don't know. I don't sweet, even, simple. He's sweet. He's, oh, bless his heart, as they would say in the South. He's a very simple. He has a very thick Italian accent. Mm-hmm. But he has very, like, French facial expressions, if that makes sense? <laughs> it does. I know what you mean. He has very French facial expressions. I don't even know, like I'm I'm not going to elaborate, but you if you see it, if you know, you know.
1: He does. His facial expressions are very French, but he's Italian in this movie.
0: And you could tell Mary is not attracted to Massimo like at all, and he's very much he's on her like white on rice, like very much attracted to her.
1: Yeah, and You know, and I think it's also because he was brought here to the States by Mary's dad with, you're going to marry her.
0: And he's like, okay. Oh, my God. It just occurred to me why maybe he was so intent on marrying her because he the dad really did bring him from Italy. And maybe he wants that green card, bro.
1: Right. He's very goofy. You know, he's goofy. Is he goofy or is he just Italian? Uh, There's no difference. (laughs) You better watch your mom, Courtney. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, listen, my 27% Italian does not give me the authority on these kinds of things. <laughs> However, I feel like there's two kinds of Italians. There's like fun, goofy Italian, and then there's mafia. Okay, like there's no in between.
0: You're either goofy or you're in the mob.
1: <laughs> you're either Massimo or the guy from 365 Days. Wasn't his name also Massimo? It was. That's so funny. (laughs) You're one Massimo or the other. (laughs) There's no in between.
0: (laughs) So true. Mary tries to kind of nip this in the bud and basically tell Massimo, like, I am not marrying you. But I don't think he gets the message. Like, it doesn't seem like he gets it.
1: He's just like, OK, like not today, obviously. Right. But silly
0: girl. I understand. We're not marrying today. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> we don't even have sandwiches. Like we need to prepare the pasta.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so Mary has the opportunity to um, she's interviewing essentially for this very high profile, very expensive wedding. And she tells her boss, listen, I'm going to land this wedding, and then you're going to make me partner. Right. And at first, the boss is like, oh, no, honey. And Mary lays out some cold straight facts. She came with her seats.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: she says, I make more money than all of your other wedding planners combined times five.
0: Yeah. So Mary is like, listen, I... Procured this very high profile client, and I'm gonna interview to get this job, and I'm gonna nail it, and you're gonna make me partner because I deserve it. And good on her. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. very ambitious, you know. Yeah, know your worth, girl. Know your worth. Hell yeah.
1: And then Mary goes and she meets with the bride of this high-profile wedding. Um, her name is Fran and Fran's parents.
0: So Francine is the daughter of the Donnellys, who are apparently a very rich family in New York City. I don't know what they do.
1: Yeah. Is it like Gossip Girl?
0: I don't know. Like, it's just so easy to believe that these people, like, somehow come from money without having Mm -hmm. any information as to how.
1: Uh, I mean, it happens all the time in movies. It's like, rich, but why rich?
0: Yeah, because rich because... Rich because money. Rich because money.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like rich because plot.
0: Yes. Francine is cool. Like her and Mary hit it off.
1: Mary actually woos the parents too because Mary is really goddamn good at her job.
0: She is, yeah. The only person she doesn't meet is the fiance because he was like running late or something.
1: Yeah. And so Mary's super excited. She is on her way home. After the interview where she lands the wedding and
0: she gets her heel stuck in like a manhole cover to the sewer in the middle of the road. It's just like a combination of like freak accidents that kind of occur back to back. You think final destination, but no death. Bitch, final destination for sure. Because she gets her shoe stuck in the manhole cover, so she's kind of uh-huh. in the middle of the road. Then there's this cab driver riding down the road, eating an ice cream cone, and the ice cream <laughs> falls off onto the seat next to him. Right as he's going downhill in his cab, and so he decides to take his eyes off the road to scoop it back to scoop it the back cone. up. And so you're thinking she's about to get hit by this cab? Nay, nay, no cab. Um,
1: The cab hits a dumpster and sends it barreling downhill towards Mary.
0: Which, like, first of all, who put a dumpster, like, on such a steep slope? It was a full dumpster, too. You could tell it was, like, it was overflowing with trash. And it was hanging on, by the grace of God, on the side of that hill. And all it took was a little bump for it to go hurling down the road.
1: Mary takes her foot out of the shoe And then she's like, no, it's my new Gucci shoe. I can't leave it. Mary is willing to die on that hill for her Gucci shoe. And so this guy comes out of, he was getting in his car, and he just runs over and pushes her out of of the way and just, like, lands on top of her. She lands on his wrist because he, like, keeps her head from, like, He cradles her head, yeah. Yeah, from, like,
0: watermeloning off the sidewalk. Right, the guy that saves her is Matthew McConaughey, who, mm-hmm. like you said, he lands on top of her. Can I just, okay, here's the thing that immediately I got, like, kind of weird vibes from this dude. Because, yes, he saves her life. Thank you so much. But he lands on top of her and proceeds to remain. To
1: stay. Yes. Well,
0: he proceeds to remain Inches from her face and he caresses the side of her head as he's making sure that she's okay. And it's just he's just way too comfortable laying on top of a woman that he doesn't even know. And all of it is just so tender that it made me uncomfortable because it's like, sir, you are you are a literal stranger. Get your hands off of me.
1: Well, yeah. And also like pelvic areas are like lined up and he is like pressed into her.
0: It's so girl like I've seen this type of scene a lot where like the guy saves a girl and lands on top of her. I've never seen one where the guy just looks so comfortable and tender and caresses Mm -hmm. the side of her head because he's asking her like, are you okay? You know, whatever. Does anything hurt? You are on top of her. Like she even says, why are you still on top of me? (laughs)
1: Yeah, he's like, you know, how's your breathing? She's like, I think it's fine, but, like, you are
0: squishing me. Because you are on top of me.
1: He's talking to her, and I guess the
0: adrenaline starts to wear off, and um, she passes out. Right, she tells him something like, you smell like... Sweet red plums and grilled cheese sandwiches. Which is like such a weird combination. But she passes out. Um, She wakes up at a children's hospital flanked by children. And then the Mm -hmm. guy that saves her comes in. And it turns out he's a doctor. His name is Steve Edison. Yeah, and he's he's a pediatrician. And
1: so she wakes up surrounded by children pretending to be doctors. Which I'm going to tell you something.
0: I get that he's a doctor, but he's a pediatrician and this seems like... I don't know. I feel like he should have taken her to the ER, you know?
1: Like, how, how does a doctor explain this? He carries an unconscious woman into the hospital and just proceeds to what, like, carry her up into an elevator to the pediatrics unit and place her in an empty bed? Like, did he admit her? Is she going to have to pay for this? Did he get her insurance information? Right. Like, what is what is going on here? And also... The pediatric wards of hospitals do not just let children free, like roam free. They are not free range children in the hospital.
0: (laughs) Free range, cage free children. Uh, Yes, I I don't know. It just felt it all felt a little off to me because I'm just like, I don't know. It's kind of it. It felt a little bit like kidnapping. Like, how is this any different from him taking her to like his basement where he also practices medicine?
1: Um, well, in one place you get to see your mom again. Uh, well, not Jenny. I mean, not Mary, because her mom's dead. <laughs>
0: um, okay, moving on. So, so yeah, so Mary is in this in this children's hospital, and she uh-huh. learns that, you know, the guy that saved her, Steve Edison, is a doctor. And I feel like at this point, she's kind of like, ooh, he's kinda hot, and he's a doctor. Yeah. and you know she's kind of feeling him a little bit and she's like he just saved my life I know he's a doctor for children Mm-mm, that's manipulative like you don't you like, can't be hot. you can't be Matthew McConaughey and also be a doctor for children that's
1: yeah too I much. mean like, like he injured himself saving her right? And, you know like it's all very cute and you can tell that her ovaries are just like mm.
0: Girl. Yeah, girl. she's kind of feeling lucky. Well, uh, the people at this children's hospital call Mary's best friend because Mary has this best friend who is also like one of her co-workers. I don't know if she's her assistant or something, but it's someone that works very closely with her in the wedding planning business. I think it's
1: her. I think Penny is her assistant.
0: yeah. So her name is Penny and she comes into the hospital freaking out, you know, because she's worried about Mary. And when she walks in and sees the scrumptious Dr. Steve, Penny's light bulb goes off. She's like, hello,
1: (laughs) how are you? And she's so awkward about it, too. Like she's just like smitten with him. Then she decides, you know what? She's she's gonna play matchmaker, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Hey, Doctor Steve, um, you know we normally go to the museum. We normally go to the park to watch old movies being played outside on the side of the museum.
0: You should come with us tonight, right?" And then she kind of she makes it sound that it's because she wants more information about becoming a doctor you know
1: yeah she's like i'm interested in a career in medicine
0: and mary's <laughs> like the fuck yeah, she's like no you're not um so i mean he agrees i mean i guess this doctor steve that looks like matthew mcconaughey has nothing better to do uh red flag <laughs> <laughs> you literally have no plans my dude you have zero plans yeah
1: like This woman who's being released from the hospital, you're now going to be like, yes, now let's go to the dark park. Yeah. And sit in a secluded area. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know her. She could be a murderer.
0: Right. They could be luring you. Listen, didn't we say don't underestimate women? You should fear women more. Yeah. Two women? Even, like, twice as much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Penny bails. Penny does not go see this movie with them.
0: Well, so they all go to the park and as Mm -hmm. they get their popcorn and they're getting ready to sit down, Penny strategically, you know, has an emergency and has to leave. And so she leaves Mary and Steve and Dr. Steve in the park alone Mm -hmm. to watch this movie together. And so it's giving very much like date vibes. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, especially because they dance. Yeah, well, they, you know, they're in the park and there's something like, I don't know if it's just me and I'm very basic. There's just something romantic about parks at night. Is that weird? Um, Yes, I think parks at night. You think
1: parks at night and you're like romantic. And I think news headline.
0: Like, I'm not. No, I will not be going to the park at night. Okay. Okay. But I am not talking about like a desolate park at night. This is obviously, I don't know if this is. Central Park or something. I think it is kind of Central Park. I'm talking about a park where there's a nighttime activity happening. There's lots of people. There's a movie playing. But you're like in nature and the, the sky is getting darker. I think that's romantic.
1: The dark a park and people No, this is just and a, and a white
0: man like you're a white a for white man no <laughs> You're odds for survival um so they sit together to watch this movie and they're kind of getting to know each other like mary watches the way dr steve only eats the brown m&ms because they have they probably have less food coloring
1: I mean, like, the candy coating is white to start out with, so, like... Yeah, that's true. They have to dye it brown. And you know what, Dr. Steve? You're the doctor. I guess we'll just trust you on what's healthier.
0: Um, so she learns that, and and she opens up to him about how her mom died and something or another. So they, I mean, very much bonding. She asked him to
1: dance, but the dancing does get a little intimate you know it's very like not it's not like sensual dancing but it looks to be like a very like
0: sweet and intimate dance you know well it seems like they're about to kiss and then Mm -hmm. you know god says no you're not because it starts pouring rain (laughs) it starts thundering and pouring god was like i think the fuck not you (laughs) trick-ass
1: bitch (laughs) (laughs) um but you know that's kind of how their date ends and then the next day mary is just kind of like la, la, la. you know she's so kind of just like
0: smitten and daydreaming about this man that she met and Francine, her new client, tells her, like, hey, what's going on? Like, you are in a great mood. Like, you're so bubbly. Like, what's yes. his name? What's his name? Yeah. And she's like, oh, like, I met someone. And, you
1: know, she really likes him. And they went to the movies at the in the park. And they danced. And it was just a fantastic night.
0: Right. And Francine, again, is so sweet. You know, like she seems like the the ideal client, because I feel like sometimes when someone hires you for something, they can treat you like you're beneath them, especially because Francine comes from money. So you would think Mm -hmm. that she would be snotty, but she's not. She's almost treating Mary like a friend, like, girl, give me the details. Like she's excited for Mary.
1: She's so excited for Mary. And Mary's just so excited that she met this man, you know? And then dangs sort of take a turn, a turny turn. A tiny
0: little U-turn. Just
1: a whoopsie daisy. A U-turn right off a cliff. <laughs> a U-turn into a volcano.
0: <laughs> off
1: a cliff into a volcano. Right. Mary is at this like dance studio where like they teach couples how to dance. Um, honestly, For don't the get wedding. Dance, for the wedding. Don't get dance lessons for your wedding. Really? You know, it, yeah, don't. Just be your clumsy selves. It's got to be so much more authentic.
0: I don't know, dude. Like, I I would think it's so awkward to be, like, in front of people. Like, I get anxiety just thinking about being in front of everyone I know trying to dance.
1: No, it's... Just be yourselves. Um, Actually, the best wedding advice I can give you is to elope. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: 10 out of 10. That's what I did. I eloped. Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10. Recommend it. Well, we used the money that we were going to spend on a wedding. And we just took like a month long trip to Europe. And hands down, one of the best things we ever did. My husband and I, we, um, we eloped. And then went to go call my
1: parents to like, cause he's like, you go first. Like we won't have a wedding. You call your dad and you tell him first. And then I'll call my mom. And I'm like, okay. And I called my dad and he's like, I got my uniform tailored and my medals mounted. And I'm like, May 7th. (laughs) I folded like a wet paper bag. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, um, elope. Weddings are done.
0: Listen, I think weddings are beautiful. I just can't fathom like the energy and the money. And it's like, it's just not for me. You know, I just never cared for like a big wedding celebration.
1: Honestly, if you want to have a wedding, do not feel pressured to invite that list of like your great aunts and your dad's second cousins to the wedding. Literally invite the family members that you like Invite your friends that you want there and have a potluck.
0: I mean, let's just normalize not having to show how much we love each other with money because, let's be real, we're all broke. So let's fucking cut it out. Cut it the fuck out.
1: Love in this economy?
0: <laughs> love in a recession? No. Oh. Love in a pandemic? <laughs> no. Love at the Panda Express? <laughs> love in a panorama? <laughs> I don't think so. No. <laughs>
1: We're going to be broke with COVID. Not happening. Cut it the fuck out. So Mary is with another couple um, at these dance classes. And she actually, she sees Francine. And she's like, Francine, I
0: thought your class was on Thursdays. Right. Francine is so excited to see Mary. She's like, oh my gosh, now you can meet Eddie. And she pulls Mary in and she tugs on this guy's hand. And she's like, Eddie, this is Mary. Eddie turns around
1: And it's Dr. Steve.
0: Dr. Steve. And Courtney, I mean, there was fireworks of red flags because of his reaction. This is where it all started for me of hating this man's guts because he's a liar. He turned around and he looked Mary dead in the eyes. The woman that he had just slow danced with in the motherfucking park. Yes. And he stared at her dead in the eye. And acted like he didn't know who the fuck she was.
1: Sir. The audacity. Sir. Mr. McConaughey. (laughs) Matthew. No.
0: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I feel like if he had turned around and been like, oh, hey, Mary. Like, yeah, we met. Like, if he would have been honest in that moment, it would have been green flags because you would know he had nothing to hide. But instead, we find out that he lied to his fiance.
1: You think he went home that night and told his fiance, hey, babe, sorry I'm late. Um, I saved this lady from getting squashed with a dumpster, took her back to the hospital like a creep instead of calling an ambulance. Um, (laughs) And then I went on a date with her. Like, you think he went home and did that? No, he did not.
0: We're going to call him Steve because that's his fucking name. Apparently, um, Eddie is like a nickname that that Fran gives him. Francine gets a phone call. It's her dad
1: talking about this vineyard that they want to go see for the wedding venue. And... Francine's the one that can't dance. She even tells Mary that. But she's on the phone with her dad. She's trying to get a reception on, you know, a 1999 Nokia brick phone and a brick building. (laughs) So it's not exactly working out great for her. Right. And the dance instructor is like, darling, I know you're busy. We're all busy, but let's go. And she goes, oh, no, she's with him. And points to Mary. Right. So...
0: Francine steps out of the dance class and makes Mary take her place. And Mary is pissed right now because, I mean, it's a big betrayal for her because let's remind you that she spent an entire evening with this man and he never mentioned his goddamn fiance. And it's an especially
1: awkward position because it's not like he was just engaged. This is Mary's ticket to partnership at her consulting firm. Like Right.
0: No. I mean, here is a man trying to stop a woman's bag, as we have seen time and time again in history. <laughs> it's just fucking the fucking patriarchy, man. Yeah.
1: Fuck the patriarchy.
0: Mr. McConaughey.
1: And especially him right now. Um, <laughs> this, this happened 21 years ago. And we're so like, sir, <laughs> sir. We're so mad at him. We're so mad. So pissed off. Mary's not quiet about her pissed offness regarding the situation. She's like, how fucking dare you, sir?
0: Right. But then also before Francine leaves the room, she tells Mary, be careful with his hand. He hurt his wrist saving an old lady. Red flag number 25.
1: You could like it would have been so much easier if he would have just been like, yeah, like I saved this lady who got her heels stuck. Like, why did you have to
0: lie about it? Well, that is the red flag. He's lying because he has ulterior motives. But what pisses me off the most is when Mary calls him out on it, when she's like, oh, you lied to your fiance about saving an old lady instead of me. He is not apologetic. He actually starts gaslighting her. Do you Did you notice that? I didn't go. Well, because he says like, you know, I. she's like, why did you go to the movies with me? He's like, because it was my night off and I haven't been to the movies in a while. And I was like, oh, I'll just go to the movies. And, you know, like he was just making it seem like it was this normal thing. Like she was crazy that she read into it. Right. It's like you're crazy for reading into it. Oh, mm-hmm. my God oh my God, this like enraged me so much that he was trying to excuse it away. Like, Courtney, he was literally acting like he did nothing wrong when he obviously lied to his fiance about it. Because he did
1: something wrong.
0: Oh my God, I'm so mad. Sir, I <laughs> swear to God. He was so smug
1: talking yeah, he was to arrogant.
0: her. He arrogant, yeah. And just justifying it. Like, he did nothing wrong.
1: What? So I went to
0: the movies with you? Like... Don't um, be Nothing happen. Right. Jesus. She, well, and then she says, why did you almost kiss me? And then that, uh, once again, they're like interrupted and he doesn't get to answer the question. But it's like, answer the goddamn question.
1: Sir, uh, Stephen, Matthew, answer
0: the question. <laughs> answer the question. Stephen Matthew McConaughey Edison, you get over here right now and you answer this question. Dr. Douchebag, um,
1: you have some explaining to do
0: you know in our last episode you say like the mom is like she might be a douchebag vigilante killer and I'm like you're trying to find out her organization
1: you're like I want in I want in after they're interrupted Francine is off the phone and she's like hey dad just called he wants us to go see this vineyard for the wedding and Steve is like okay yeah sure he's like Mary nice to meet you I'll see you around and Mary's just staring daggers at him like I hope you shit your pants yeah at your wedding right I hope a turd
0: falls out the leg of your pants
1: (laughs) I hope you step in dog shit and track it down the aisle right Francine is like what are you talking about Mary's coming with us
0: Oh, God. Of course, Mary is going with them because Mary is the wedding planner and she needs to see the venue that they're looking at. So Mm -hmm. now Mary gets stuck in a car with Uh Francine and Steve. Um, Uh huh. And it's so fucking awkward. Like, I don't understand why she had to ride with them. Like, I would have never agreed to that shit.
1: I'd have been like, um, I would, I'll take the bus the subway, I'll I'll get in an unmarked white van before I get in this car with
0: you guys for like two hours. It was such an awkward car ride because again, Francine has no idea that Mary and her fiance Steve had like this romantic, you know, date in the park a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. Mary's still pissed at Steve, like pissed.
1: Yeah, and then Francine's like, oh my God, Mary, I forgot to ask. What's going on with you and that guy you told me about? Steve almost
0: drives off the road.
1: Yes, he swerves <laughs> and he's like, goddamn dear.
0: <laughs> Steve almost drives off the road because he's fucking scared.
1: Oh, Steve, you think women don't talk, honey? Women talk. You know what? If, if this happened in 2021,
0: literally... TikTok would light up your ass.
1: Yes, you would be done, Dr. Steve. The children <laughs> would hate you.
0: <laughs> Gen Z would... Bury you. Yes. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, though, is like the whole concept of gossiping and why it has a negative connotation is because historically men have discouraged women from talking to each other. Because when we talk to each other, we fucking put two and two together.
1: We expose their secrets. (laughs) Like, wait, you're talking about Tracy, Tracy with the
0: Honda. (laughs) Right. So, um, you know, Francine is asking Mary in front of Steve, like, oh, my God, I feel so bad for Francine. Like, she doesn't fucking deserve this. Like, she's looking like an no. idiot, you know. But she asks Mary and-, and Mary straight up tells her she's like, oh, um, he was a dirtbag. He's actually the groom of one of the weddings I was planning. And Francine's like, oh, how fucking disgusting. I wish Francine would have gone on a rant about what she would have done if that would have happened to her. Like, oh, my God, I would have waited till he was asleep and I would have chopped off his balls and I would have shoved them down his throat.
1: (laughs) Steve just crosses his legs while driving. Um, No, but here's what pisses me off the most about this. When Francine is talking to Mary before Mary says it was a groom from a wedding, Francine says, "You had I saw you 3 days later and you had stars in your eyes." Mm-hmm. And Steve kind of dips down and looks in the rearview mirror with a smug fucking <sighs> piece of shit grin on his face, and I'm almost like slip it off. Just
0: slap that look right off your fucking smug ass fucking face." I know. Mary, Francine and Steve make it to this vineyard. And Mm -hmm. just really weirdly, this was so strange, but Massimo is there, the Italian guy that Mary's dad is trying to set her up with. He's randomly freaking there. Like, sir, I am on business. Like, what the fuck are you doing here?
1: He shows up and just interrupts their tour. And he's like... Mary, I made you this, and it's like a bird nest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's like a one of those like Pinterest gone wrong projects.
1: <laughs> yes. He's like, I made you this. And she's like, oh my God. And Francine's like, oh Mary, who is this? And Massimo just being sweet, sweet Massimo, is like, I'm her fiance.
0: Yeah, he introduces himself as her fiance, and Steve looks bothered by this revelation that Mary has a fiance.
1: Yeah, and obviously everyone's really confused because there is this other dude who was engaged, but Mary
0: has a fiancé. Right. What what is going on? No one's asking follow-up questions. Everyone's just kind of like, okay, cool. Well... Mary is getting really frustrated and Mm -hmm. um, and she says Massimo you need to go because we're we're doing a tour of this venue and Massimo's like no 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 I'll take Steve with me because we are men we're gonna go do men things and you and Fran can go do the tour
1: at first Steve's like "Uh, what what and Massimo's like it's
0: okay come with me it'll be fine Massimo and Steve go off to do like the weirdest peacocking shit I've ever seen. Like they somehow at this vineyard, they find like the fitness room and they get on the treadmill Uh and they start like trying to one up each other running. I'm like, what the fuck is going on?
1: Yeah. And then they start doing chin ups and um, Stevie boy is
0: struggling he's struggling he's trying to keep up with massimo who doesn't break a sweat it's the weirdest thing
1: yeah and then mary and fran are coming back from the tour and massimo and steve are outside and massimo is just beating the shit out of steve and like wrestling
0: there's so many layers of weird to this vineyard tour. The fact that that Massimo and Steve found like a random fitness center there. And then the second weird uh-huh. thing is that in the very next scene, everyone, including Francine's parents, they're all horseback riding. Yeah. And I'm just like, how
1: did this? A what? Like, why are you? And Massimo's there with them horseback riding.
0: <laughs> But there's no guide. It's just like a bunch of New Yorkers on horses. I I don't know how to ride a horse, and I live in Kentucky. (laughs) Well, Francine's parents, especially her mom, they're so annoying and obnoxious. The mom starts singing, and it scares the horses, but it only scares Mary's horse.
1: Yeah. Well, and her mom even sees that it scares the horse. Francine even tells her mom, to shut up. Yeah. And her mom just keeps going. And so Mary's horse takes off and Mary's like, I don't know what to do.
0: So Mary's horse takes off like galloping full speed. Yes. And then Steve, the pediatrician somehow knows how to save someone on horseback and he goes like galloping after her to save her. And it's just like the weirdest like Western movie interlude in the middle of this like rom-com. I was just like, what is happening?
1: (laughs) It's so fucking weird. And you can tell Mary is so f- uncomfortable with the situation because Steve brings her back and she's like facing Steve's front in front of him on the horse. So they're chest to chest and she's like straddling him.
0: Well, it's like Steve is straddling the horse and Mary is straddling Steve on the horse, which is like yeah. a Dr. Seuss like fucking book. <laughs> it's a Dr. Seuss smut. Steve on the horse. Mary Mary on Steve on the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Mary on Steve on the horse. The horse Uh. under Steve, Mary (laughs) over Steve, (laughs) whatever. It's like a
1: Steve sandwich. Ew. So yeah, and then Francine being concerned about Mary, she's like, Steve, you ride back with Mary. And Mary's like, oh, no, 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 I'd rather walk.
0: (laughs) It's like so weird to me how Francine is unintentionally being a wing wing woman, Yes. Like, she keeps pushing Mary and Steve together in it, like, unintentionally, you know? Mm-hmm. And she keeps going. But on the walk
1: back, so Mary's riding is on the horse and then Steve is walking the horse um, with the reins. And uh, he starts giving Mary shit. He's like, you gave me shit because I was engaged.
0: And it turns out, You're engaged and a liar, too. I hate this because I think it gives him kind of the moral high ground of like, I can't be that bad because you were doing the same thing. And it's like, no, sir, it's not like it's not the same. She wasn't really engaged. She just has a fiance stalker. It's different.
1: Yeah. So. They get (laughs) in kind of an argument and Mary just wants to go home. She's like, I just want to leave. And Francine's like, you know what? I'm glad you and Eddie are getting along. Um, You guys will be able to take care of the Vangs while I'm gone. And Steve's
0: like, you're leaving? What? Do you remember what he said when they were walking back? Because he said something, Courtney, that made me so angry. He, you know, he gives her shit for being engaged, right? And then Mm -hmm. he says, oh my God, no, I know. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So Steve says, maybe I was attracted to you that night. Maybe I was unsure. Maybe I was just being a guy and an opportunity presented itself.
1: Uh, to jail. Punch him. Punch him
0: in the dick and send him to jail.
1: This, this was the final nail in the coffin for me with Steve as well.
0: Well, the next day, um, Mary wakes up to her dad like measuring her for a dress like in her sleep creepy he's like he has like a tape measure he's like measuring her forehead I'm like what, what kind of dress is she wearing like she wearing a burqa. like why are you measuring her forehead
1: <laughs> and Mary wakes up like what the fuck are you doing dad and he's like measuring you for a dress Massimo announced that you announced your engagement and then he goes to her closet grabs her mother's wedding dress and says we can finally get rid of this thing
0: well, you know, Mary goes off on her dad basically saying, like, you can't push someone on me. Mm-hmm. And her dad reveals that he and Mary's mom were in arranged marriage. And it's kind of wild to me that Mary is obviously probably in her late 20s and she had no idea that her parents had an arranged marriage. And her mom is already dead. Yeah.
1: He's, dad says that he didn't meet her mom until the day
0: of their wedding. Yeah, and he even says that they were in love with other people. And he basically just says that they grew to love each other. And so, you know, he's basically saying, like, I know Massimo is like a weird, a weirdo. (laughs) Like, I know Massimo is a weirdo, but you're going to grow to love him. And I don't know. I feel like that plants a seed in Mary's head.
1: It does. Um, And Francine is gone on a
0: business trip. Mary and Steve, they're, like, left to do all this, like, it seems like pl- basically planning the wedding without Francine. They they go and they pick out statues, which is weird to me, which is, like, who goes statue shopping? I I don't know. Um,
1: But Steve is obviously picking dude statues that do not fit a wedding at all. Yeah, they look like Spartans. <laughs> they do. Um, there's an incident where Steve gets a statue's
0: dick, super glue to his hand. It's a long story. We will not be elaborating.
1: <laughs> we we will not be elaborating. Um, But so Mary is trying to help him get the limestone dick off of his hand Um, that's being held on with crazy glue. Like, first of all, just rip that shit off. It's crazy glue. It's not freaking like right. epoxy. Like, just rip it off.
0: Well, and then this is kind of when they apologize to each other, which like, I'm sorry, we're, we're past that. I'm not forgiving, Steve. But you could tell that Mary's kind of Warming up to him again because he apologizes for calling her an opportunity.
1: You know, they seem okay right now, you know, Um, and the next day they go to pick out flowers for the wedding. And while there, Mary runs into her ex-fiance and his new wife.
0: Right. And it's a very awkward, tense thing where Mary's trying to avoid them, but then ends up coming face to face with them. And Steve, who is fucking oblivious, he's like, oh, Mm -hmm. how do you guys know each other? And Mary's like,
1: ooh, ooh, let me tell the story. Yeah. And she's like, you know, he was my fiance. She was his high school girlfriend. I caught them making out in my car on the day of our rehearsal dinner.
0: Yeah. Uh, Cut to the very next scene is Mary walking home shit-faced drunk with Steve. Mm -hmm. She's not in a good place. Yeah, she deserves that bottle of wine.
1: Yeah. He gets her back up to her apartment, kind of gets her, like, tucked in a little bit, and then he goes to leave. And then there's a knock, and he comes back to be inappropriate as
0: fuck. Steve leaves, and like you said, he turns around, knocks on the door immediately, and he goes into the speech, Courtney, I it, this speech again infuriated me because he says nothing. He basically just says, do you ever think about the time in the park? And then he says, I don't know you, but I know the curves of your face and the flecks of gold in your eyes. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what are you saying? What does this mean? Is there a question? Is that a compliment? Yeah. It's like he is trying to test the waters without having to put himself out there and literally say, I have feelings for you.
1: He might as well have came back and been like, ask me
0: to stay the night. Well, uh, what did he want from her? But, and this is what pisses me off is that he is a coward because he won't just say, I'm attracted to you and I don't know what to do. I'm confused. Like, he's not mm-hmm. saying that. He's saying no. these like cryptic things.
1: It's so it, we've already established that there is no redemption for fucking Steve, but he's wanting Mary to make the first move and admit she has feelings. So then exactly. He, so then when the fallout comes, he can
0: she can be the scapegoat, you know? Right. Like she he wants her to initiate this into a romantic thing.
1: Um, And Mary's basically just like you should leave. You should go. Good on her. And he does. He leaves. And Mary is, you know, a little flustered, but she goes to sleep. And the next day, I thought shit hit the fangirl. I thought it was getting ready to go down. Mary walks into her office the next day and Francine is there. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: she's like, I think you know what the problem is.
0: Yeah. Francine has is basically confronting Mary and Mary's about to confess and right before she confesses Fran is like I can't marry Steve like I don't even know if I want to marry him I don't even know why we're still together like and yeah she's like I hate the way he chews on pen caps I hate the way he hikes his pant leg up Um, I'm with you Fran I can't fucking stand Steve either girl (laughs)
1: <laughs> Dude Steve is trash Steve is straight
0: trash She is basuda in a dumpster That was lit on fire Mary's like
1: oh <laughs> Oh that's what it is <laughs> And you know She gives Francine The pep talk that she gives everybody
0: right. And
1: Francine's like Okay I feel better now And
0: right. they
1: continue with the wedding plans You know And in the meantime Massimo actually proposes
0: to mary in front of all of mary's friends which really all of mary's friends are mary's dad's friends like it's actually kind Uh of sad she doesn't have friends but anyway um, massimo wheels out a dollhouse and then there's an engagement ring in there and it's kind of alluded to the fact that he built the dollhouse which is really sweet and there's a little tiny picture of Mary's mother above the
1: fireplace in the dollhouse. It's so fucking cute.
0: It feels like emotional manipulation a little bit because Mary had just had a conversation with him days prior, telling him that she didn't want to marry him. And he's like, No, we we're just friends. We're buddy buddy. Right. Like she had just tried to like tell him a couple of days ago, like, I don't want to marry you, you know, and he insisted that they could be friends. And she even, Mary even confessed to him that she had feelings for someone else. And she didn't say who it was, but she told him she had feelings for someone else. Well,
1: yeah, now he's drilling really out an engagement ring and a handmade dollhouse like, psych, bitch.
0: <laughs> this is why you don't give, like, you can't be friends with a guy that has feelings for you. Because he is mm-hmm. literally waiting for you to be at your emotional low point so he can uh-huh. slither in like a fucking beaver like just popping out like of a, a hole. beaver? I don't know. Like a beaver just popping out of a hole like, "Hey, you look sad." A groundhog? <laughs> a groundhog? <laughs> beavers don't
1: come out of holes. I don't think beavers come out of holes. I feel like they do.
0: What do they come out of?
1: They like live in like the river.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, fine. They come out like a groundhog. Just, But, uh, girl, every girl knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, there are guys that are just, like, satellites waiting for the hint that you are in a low place to kind of just pop their heads up and be like, oh, hey, beautiful, don't be
1: sad. Yeah, no, it's the friend-zoned dudes. The friend zone dudes that are like, oh, man, women don't actually like nice guys. They, they friend zone the nice guys and they just like the assholes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, it's that. It's
0: that guy. Listen, he caught her at the right time and Mary said yes. Cut to the day of the wedding and I don't know, Steve is a little, he seems a little iffy. He seems, he's very much giving runaway groom vibes. Oh,
1: Steve... He sneaks into Francine's, you know, like bridal suite and was like, hey, let's go for a walk. She agrees to go for a walk with him. And he's like, why do you want to marry me? And she's like, are you serious? Are you trying to call off our wedding on our wedding day? And he's like, no, no, no,
0: no. It's kind of bullshit, though, because basically Steve says like, look, if you tell me that you want to marry me, like I will do it. But like. I'm sorry, this conversation he's having, it's not giving like someone who wants to get married. So he's almost saying like, oh, I will make the sacrifice and marry you if you really want to. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. like, it's obvious he doesn't want to. So like if I was yeah. Francine, even if I wanted to marry him, I'd be like, oh, thank God you caught me at this time because I actually don't want to marry you. <laughs> well, also Mary just had to talk Francine into
1: staying engaged to Steve just a couple of days before that. Sure. You know? Oh, yeah. Like Francine was already having doubts, and Steve is just echoing her doubts at this point. You know, they're sitting down, and she's like, How do we let it get this far? So it shows Mary getting ready and walking into the courthouse. And then it goes back to Steve putting Francine in a cab with her giant wedding dress filling up the entire rear window. Yeah.
0: And Penny's like, What? The actual fuck. Penny tells Steve that Mary has left to the courthouse to get married. And Steve is like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, I want to, you know, I don't want her to get married. So Steve, Steve is on a mission to ruin everybody's day. You know what I'm saying? Like he ruined Francine's day. And now he's like, wait, what? Mary's getting married. I, I, I have to go ruin her day. You know,
1: Steve has the audacity of a mediocre white man and
0: he's, um. He's definitely showing. At the courthouse, Mary is standing at the altar with Massimo. Mm-hmm. She's about to get married. And then the officiant says, if anyone objects to this union, speak now or forever hold your peace.
1: And so it's her dad, Bert, who is one of her dad's older friends that Mary plays Scrabble with, and then a woman, an older woman that Mary also plays Scrabble with. They're all there and they're all just kind of looking at each other like, do it, do it. Yeah. And so finally Mary's dad's like, I can't let this happen. And then the older man is like, hell, I object (laughs)
0: to. Yeah, it's like, oh, thank God. Um, So... Mary's dad pulls her aside and he's like I can't let you do this I could tell it's not what you want and Mary you could just see in her eyes that she has resigned to this being her life and she's just like dad it's Mm -hmm. fine don't worry about it I know what I'm doing and she goes back out you know presumably to Mary Massimo Uh meanwhile Steve is like racing through New York City traffic which is like at a snail's pace to try to get to this courthouse
1: yeah well I don't know why her dad is so surprised now when he literally
0: bullied her into marrying Massimo to begin with. I know he did. Steve gets to the courthouse and everyone's outside except for Mary.
1: Steve goes to Massimo and he's like, Where's Mary? Where's Mary? And Massimo's like, Oh, uh, she left. And he's like, Did you guys get married? And he was like, oh, no, like, we we didn't get married. She does not love me. She loves you, I guess. You could
0: tell Massimo's unimpressed with Steve. <laughs> she's just like, I don't know why, but somehow she's into you. Like,
1: like he could, ha- Mary could have this
0: Italian stallion and she chose a white man. Massimo tells Steve that Mary went to the park mm-hmm. and somehow Steve knows exactly where she is. He's been there once. Right. Well, because she likes to go watch movies at the park. Mm -hmm. So he goes to the park where they had their first date, which let's rewind back to that first date when Steve was motherfucking engaged. And essentially cheating on his fiance. And cheating on his fiance. And we're supposed to swoon over this man. I'm sorry. No. Negative. Yeah, no, we are
1: not doing this. This is bullshit. I can't believe I loved this movie so much when I was younger.
0: I was just thinking that. Like, I remember how, like, excited I was when Steve shows up to the park. Somehow it's nighttime Mm -hmm. now. It's just nighttime, right? Like, uh, we just, it's a glitch in the Matrix. It's now nighttime. Mary is sitting at the park in front of that outdoor movie theater. She's throwing out the the M&M's. And they're hitting Steve. He's behind her. She doesn't know. We saw this man do it once, and now she throws away, like, three-quarters of her m ms Perfectly good m ms Like, in any bag of m ms there's, like, maybe four brown ones. Like, you're going to throw out a whole-ass bag of m ms
1: No, you're going to go to Party City, and you're going to buy a bag of just brown m ms Yeah.
0: If you're going to be stupid... Do it right. Like, at
1: least don't be wasteful.
0: Like, are Eminem's <laughs> poisonous to like squirrels and birds? Is she killing a whole bunch of wildlife? You know what? I'm going to assume so just because I'm very upset. by just, you know what I'm upset? You know who I'm most disappointed in? I am most disappointed in myself in mm-hmm. 2001 and how fucking romantic I thought this ending was. I mean, were they trying to condition
1: young girls to thinking that this was good behavior from men?
0: Yes, they were trying to lower our standards even then. And listen, I'm not going to lie, it worked because my standards were hella low in 2001. (laughs) No, listen, I have a
1: daughter and as soon as we finish this, I'm going to go upstairs and be like, hey, if a man does not respect you, should you keep talking to him? And if she wavers at all, I'm going to be like, no, absolutely not.
0: First of all, let me just say real quick how it ends. Blah, blah, blah. So what happens is Steve calls her out from the dark. Like, hey, why are you only eating the brown M&Ms? And she says in this very like almost meek baby voice that fell out of place. She was like... Because someone told me a long time ago that the brown ones have less artificial coloring because chocolate's already brown. Ugh. And it was supposed to be really romantic. Like he changed her life, you know, with that moronic, With that moronic statement. <laughs>
1: And, yeah, they kiss and assumably live happily ever after until three months before their wedding, where Steve <laughs> finds a new <laughs> wedding planner.
0: You know what I'm saying? Listen, so this is where this is where I get really upset because the thing is, mm-hmm. like ladies, ma'ms, ma'ms and girls and misses everywhere, how a man treats you when he's trying to impress you is not, like, does not matter. It doesn't matter. How men treat other women, how men treat the women they're not trying to impress, that's all the data you need. Or how men treat you when they feel like they already have you. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Once they have you, they're not trying to impress you. How do they treat you then?
1: Like, no, I can't believe Mary's like, oh my God,
0: Steve, he's the one. Like, you're fucking Jennifer Lopez. As far as we know, Francine never finds out that he cheated on her with the wedding planner. Mm -hmm. Like, he never faces the music. He never deals with the consequences of his actions, meaning he never learned his lesson. I mean, Francine's got to find out. Yeah, for sure. She's going to find out. And she's going to be... I mean, Francine scares me. This bitch has a binder and you know there is a tab for... You know, if he cheats on her and she's going to mm-hmm. she's it's going to be scorched earth when Francine finds out. I'm I am I really wish we could see that.
1: OK, well, the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, more is brewing in on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.